everyone, and welcome back to the start of something new, a DCOM podcast. I'm your host, Jake, and with me, as always, is my partner in crime, Kate. <laughs> and this is the podcast in which we review every single Disney Channel original movie in chronological order, all the way from Under Wraps to Zombies 3. And this is season two, episode 10, in which we'll be covering the 34th DCOM, 2001's Twelve the Night. But before we do that, Kate, how have you been since our last recording? A little behind the scenes for everyone. We're actually doing something we don't normally do. We're actually recording two weeks in a row, but that's just because I think Kate's schedule is going to be a little crazy this month. But yeah. Yeah, so I appreciate that, Jake. Like I said, um, or like you said, I guess. Uh, my schedule is a little bit wonk, so we did have to record a little bit in advance, in advance, and I appreciate it. That being said, I'm really good. I've had some really positive life changes that I'm not quite ready to like, throw out on the podcast, but I feel like just in the past week, my life's been good. How about yours? Um, it's been pretty good, you know, just been doing, doing life, living life, you know how it'd be. Yeah, not the thing about recording like twice in a week twice in two, like like this is just that you know not much has happened really just you know we're right. just living, we're living life not no big major occurrences yet probably next time maybe um but yeah you know i just ha- i've have had a good week not bad um but yeah also since we are recording uh two weeks in a row there's no news updates or anything nothing's changed since last week um so yeah i guess then in that case let's just get into our movie so kate do you want some background on this movie i would love some background on this movie yeah all right so let me pull it up so twas the night is a 2001 disney channel original movie it first premiered on december 7 2001 and is in fact our last decom from 2001, another year off the board for us. Woo! I, I can't believe it. Um, we were talking last time about how 2002, I feel like, really starts, for the most part, a lot more recognizable films, I think, um, for people of our era. Um, we were born in 1997 and 1998, respectively, so... We're going to be getting into the more the, the stuff we remember more from our childhood, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I know to, I know 2002, it's got a couple of the the big ones we know because I know it's got Cadet Kelly, but it's also got it's also got Get a Clue and Got to Kick It Up. So you know those are those are some good ones. Yeah, I honestly I'm not sure. I feel like I've seen. I, I don't know if I've actually ever seen Get a Clue in full, which is horrible. But we'll see when we when I watch it for the for the uh, podcast if I like recognize more of it or if I actually didn't like never see it. <laughs> yeah, we'll 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 see if the memories come flooding back. Um, I know I know I'm really excited for God to kick it up because that was always a, that was always a fun one back in the day. I'm excited for just going forward. I think it's gonna be. There's going to be some really great stuff um, coming up. And, of course, as we get into 2003 and beyond, it gets even more um, recognizable as far as the titles go. But still, very exciting. Definitely. We'll be hitting our golden era of DCOMs, but then slowly after that, we'll be 
stepping into the uncharted territory of we stopped watching Disney Channel at this point. So yeah. Yeah. somebody posted on social media this like meme of Zendaya like being known for Euphoria and Spider Man and how like people from our generation really met her through Shake It Up and I was like, oh my gosh, that was I think Shake It Up was like the last series that I actually watched on the Disney Channel. Oh yeah, I want to say like that era, like Shake It Up, Austin and Alley, like that era was like oh, yeah. the, like. I think I watched like the early season, like maybe season one of Austin and Alley. I think I like dropped Disney Channel partway through. Yeah, because uh, I remember watching the start of that, but I don't remember. I don't remember how Austin and Alley. I don't know how it ends. So you know, like that's how you know. It's like that's when you dropped off when you started one, but then you like. Oh, it ended. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and now there's all, what I can't tell you what's on Disney Channel now because I just I don't watch it now. I'm just I like, have no idea. I did like, start watching Live and Maddie a little bit on Disney Plus just out of curiosity, which is actually a pretty good series. I think they did pretty well with that. Um, um, that's all with Dove Cameron, right? Yeah. Where she's playing, t- where she's playing twins, but they're doing like the uh, uh, parent trap thing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I, I um I know of it. I just never really sat down and watched it. I just That's know of it. Fair. That's me with all the more recent decoms. So I definitely get that. But yeah, it's interesting to see kind of how things have evolved after we I don't wanna say grew out of it because here we are like watching decoms back, but like grew out of Disney Channel being like our regular programming. Yeah. Apparently yeah, apparently our programming now is we're supposed to be watching Euphoria, which I haven't actually watched any of it. I just literally everyone else apparently on the planet's watching it, so I basically get episode recaps via social media, and I'm just right. like, what? I'm like, Zendaya's doing what on this show? I know, it's so interesting because I feel like Zendaya has always had such a wholesome image, um, but yeah, I think I think she's... She's such an amazing actress. I think that she's doing phenomenal things. I have not seen Euphoria yet either. I, I will watch it one of these days. I'm interested enough. I'm very bad at watching TV series, though. Uh, generally speaking, I'm more of a movie person. I'll watch, like, docu-series um, occasionally and stuff. But I, I feel like, I don't know, it's difficult for me to stick with something the way that most people stick with series. Um I used to watch a lot of, like, NCIS and Burn Notice way back in the day, stuff like that. But those were series that you could, like, watch an episode randomly from any point. You didn't have to, like, follow it chronologically um, as quite as much. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I I'm, haven't watched, like, a ton of a ton of series that people really like. I watched Friends. It took me forever, but I did I did watch Friends, which I really enjoyed, and then... I watched season one of Stranger Things, and it's not that I disliked it or anything like that. Like I said, I just I just drop off of series really easily. So one of these days I'll watch seasons two and three of Stranger Things. Yeah, and then someday I guess season four will finally be upon us. Yes. It's like, he said it's coming, and I'm like, aren't those kids in their 20s now? Like, they're getting old, like, for, for the series um gosh how old is millie bobby brown i have to look this up really quick because i am um, curious. she is da, 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 um 17 so she'll be eight oh she turns 18 in like a week or two 
on the oh, wow, yeah. So she's like pr- pretty much a legal adult at this point. Yeah, I don't know. I, they say season four is coming eventually, but we'll see. <laughs> yes, we'll see. Anyway. Um, back to Twas the Night. Sorry about that tangent. You know, we go on tangent sometimes. But yeah, back to Twas the Night. Um, so yeah, this dropped um, December 7, 2001. It's um, the second Christmas decom, and it is the second of now only four. Because after this, Disney wanted to make another Christmas decom until 2011 with Good Luck Charlie, It's Christmas. They went on a real long break from Christmas decoms. And then, you know, just this year they released the, sorry, last year, because we're in 2022 now. Oh, my God. Ooh. Just last year they finally released the fourth ever um, Christmas decom, which was Christmas again. So, yeah. Um, I actually watched Christmas again. I thought it was really cute. But we'll get there a long time out. Yeah, but yeah, so... For some reason, after this, Disney just said nah on Christmas decoms for a while and just, you know, popped out a bunch of Halloween ones still. But, you know, I think that's because Halloween's much more their bread and butter than Christmas. Because, I mean, we'll get into the plot soon enough, but, like, I felt like this movie was a little... was in, I'll say it was interesting. Yeah, it definitely... It definitely was super interesting. Um, I overall liked it, um, but... Yeah, I think that does. I, I mean, they did take a break for a decade for a reason. So. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, so now this uh, decom was directed by Nick Castle. Um, this is the only decom he ever directed. But something I find very interesting is, uh, according to Wikipedia, um, Nick Castle is most known for playing Michael Myers in the first Halloween movie from 1978. Really? I did not know that. Yep, it says he was known for playing Michael Myers in John Carpenter's horror film Halloween from 1978. He says he also reprised the role in a single scene in the 2018 Halloween movie, and he returned again for a cameo in Halloween Kills, which just came out last year. So Michael Myers, a horror movie icon, directed this Christmas decom. That's wild. I... I am shooketh. Although I do like the new Halloween movies, so I mean, good on you, Nick Castle. Truly, you know, because like Michael Myers is just like he's an icon of horror. I know he's um they've had uh Halloween at um Halloween Horror Nights a few years at the house, but yeah, so it's fun to think that he directed this fun little Christmas decom. Um, but yeah, now as far as our cast goes well we have josh zuckerman as danny wrigley i think technically he's supposed to be our protagonist he's kind of like a co-protagonist with um uh mr brian cranston who's nick wrigley they're kind of like the co-protagonists of this film i'd say yeah and if y'all don't know who brian cranston is y'all be living under a rock first thing first brian cranston is the dad from malcolm in the middle yeah, he did a lot of stuff. It's weird. Yeah, but he's he first came to prominence as the dad in Malcolm in the Middle, then he would later go on to do Breaking Bad, which that show is crazy, and I also remember just all the memes of people being like, man, the dad from Malcolm in the Middle must have really had a rough patch because of, like, of scenes from Breaking Bad. Because if you don't know, that show is, I think that show is about him, like, selling meth, I think, like, making and selling meth. Yeah, something like that. I think so. I haven't seen it, but that's my understanding yeah, as well. Which is, which is 
Yeah, because it was just so funny because like we all knew him as like this sitcom dad from the two thousands, and now he's playing this um, grizzled drug dealer, and it's kind of funny. Um, another thing I want to shout him out for because I always like to shout out these connections. He was actually um in the twenty seventeen Power Rangers reboot movie. He was Zord on the big floating head. That's like the mentor of the Power Rangers. He was that, and I think that's, he uh... was like it was really fun because. That's another Dion connection because the pink ranger in that movie is Naomi Scott, who was Mo and Lemonade Mouth. So fun little Dion connection there. Wasn't Naomi Scott? Wasn't she also Jasmine in the live version of Aladdin? Yeah, she, yeah, she was live action Jasmine. Which I hear they want to do a sequel to that movie, but I don't know if they're like said anything else about it. I don't know. Live does, action Disney's kind of in a weird like spot right now. Does the animation have a sequel? I can't even remember. Is that bad? Uh, it ha- well, well, Aladdin, the original animated movie, it had two of the direct-to-VHS sequels, you know? Remember when okay. Disney was doing those? Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. Because I was like, but, I felt like it had a sequel, but I could not remember it. So that would that make sense. actually had two. <laughs> yes, we have The Return of Jafar. I don't know what the one is after that, but interesting. Because I was like, King, I swear it has sequels, of- but I, I don't remember yeah, because like in the early two thousands, Disney was making all those directed video sequels of all their films, and now they're making live action remakes of all their films. Right. Yeah, because like they they just announced like what's her name from like West Side Story is going to be live action Snow White. Oh yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I don't know her name, but I think yeah, she's going to be live action Snow White. I don't know. It's crazy. I know there was some controversy around the whole dwarfs thing, which is totally understandable. Yeah, I'm just like, my problem with it is that Snow White is the first ever full-length movie Disney ever did. That's what put them on the map. So it just kind of feels a little mm, about them remaking it, because it's like, ooh. Yeah. Really? I, not, like, not even the first movie is safe. Yeah, I kind of agree. Um, I'll definitely watch it. I'll definitely give it a go. I don't know. I like the li- I've liked the live-action ones that I've seen. I honestly think, actually, Aladdin is my favorite out of the live-action ones that I've seen. But that being said, I don't know. I feel like the nothing can outdo the animated classics. Like, when they first started doing these uh, live-action remakes, I think the first one I saw was, like, The Jungle Book. I feel like that came out when I was in the very beginning of college. But I don't know. Like, I do enjoy them, but... I, I think I was so I was super excited for them in the very beginning. And now that I've seen a handful of them, I'm like, these are good, but like they don't they're not they the animated classic is the animated classic. But also I'm going to school for digital art, so it's like I'm watching these and I'm like, no, please stop. That's please. why I'm like, that's why I'm so excited that they're still making original animated movies still like Raya and Encanto because it's like, oh cool, I can still possibly get a job with you guys. Yes. Oh my gosh, those are both such good movies. But anyway. Anyway, so yes, we got Brian Cranston as Nick Wrigley. We have Brenda Great as Caitlin Wrigley, the uh, daughter of the family, the sister. We have. Uh, well, I'm gonna. How do you say that? Ryle Rills. I think it's Rills. Rills Williams as Peter Wrigley. That's the youngest brother. We have Jefferson Mappin as Santa Claus. And yes, it's a very different Santa Claus than the one that we saw back in the Ultimate Christmas Present. Yes, very different. That personality is just poof, 180 almost. Yeah, literally. And then we have um, 
Barclay Hope as John Wrigley. That's the dad. And Tori Higginson as Abby Wrigley, the mom. Um, fun thing, Barclay Hope is actually, I believe, yes, according to Wikipedia, he was actually on Riverdale for a little bit. And if anyone knows anything, Riverdale has gone completely off their rockers at this point in time. Yeah, I have, I, I think I watched like an episode or two of Riverdale, but I never really got into it. Um, I watched the whole first season, and season one was actually really solid. Good writing, good storytelling, good everything. But like midway through season two, they just started introducing so many weird concepts and like what, and it just it got real crazy. Like, um, this guy plays um Clifford Blossom, who's the dad of one of the characters, but he also plays um his evil twin that the family never knew about and i'm like what in the soap opera the yeah they're based off like the archie comics right yeah but it's like archie but it's like real and like because like the cw does this whole thing because they were about i knew they were going to try and do a powerpuff girls live action show with um at one point but i think um the script for the pilot got leaked and everyone was like what are you doing and they're like okay we're not doing that now Oh my gosh. They're just like they're just like trying to make everything like dark and gritty and it's like you don't need to do that. Yeah, I feel like that would be a really weird live remake to do. But anyway, back back to the the story at hand. Story at hand. So that's really our main cast. I mean there's those the two goons and their bodyguard, but like they're not really important. They literally leave the movie for like a good hour. Yeah, they uh, they're almost just there to kind of drive the plot along, but then there's, like, no character development. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so that's our cast. So, Kate, um, have you, had you ever heard of this movie before now? I don't think I have. I, no. Not before the podcast. Yeah, um, I knew of it. I never watched, I knew Brian Cranston was in it, and I'm like, dang, how'd they pull him? Because it's 2001, I think um, when did Malcolm in the Mill start? It had to have been the 90s, right? Um, I think it was actually the very early 2000s, but I think he was on um, Seinfeld as well. Oh, maybe. Page. Oh, yeah, Malcolm in the Mill started in the 2000s, so this was still, like, the early start of the show, so that's probably how they were able to get him, because he wasn't, like, a big name quite yet. Um, but still, it's like, okay, yeah, um, that's the one with Brian Cranston. It's one of the only, like, few Christmas decoms that exist. But I never watched it, and I watched it this morning. I tend to do that now. I watch the decoms like the morning of with like my coffee and stuff, and then I watch, and I'm just like, "What?" <laughs> it's like, what? especially the ones I've never seen, because like I don't know what's happening. I'm sure once we get to the ones I have seen, I'll be like, "Oh yeah, I remember this." But for this, these ones, it's like, "What?" So yeah, I heard of it. I hadn't watched it till now. Yeah, I I don't I don't even know if I had heard of it before, honestly. Yeah. Oh well, but anyway, so that's our non-existent history with yep. me. So, Kate, are you ready to just hop into this plot? I am ready to hop into it. So we open up with a classic decom staple narration, but it's not an- just any narration, Kate. For you see, twas the night before Christmas, and all through the house. Not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. I forget the rest of the rhyme, but basically we have our main character um, narrating, uh, Danny's narrating, and he's like, 
Yeah, so it's Christmas and not a creature stirring except for Santa, who is in my house. We see Santa tied up with Christmas lights with tape over his mouth. But then we do the classic, like, record scratch. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You're probably wondering, how did we get here? Let's go back. And we get more narration. He says, "Twas the day before Christmas. And we get quickly introduced to all our family, the Wrigley's. We have... Um, a dad who's apparently a workaholic, but he's actually home for the holiday for once. We have mom who apparently can't bake Christmas cookies because she accidentally sets off the fire alarm. We have sister uh, Caitlin, who Caitlin's character is really weird to me because she's like, how old would you say she is? I I think they say at the beginning of this. Do they say? I want to say she's like nine, ten. Yeah. I don't know, but like her character, her character, her character is that she's like a child prodigy, I guess, because she's reading, she's casually reading like an advanced trigonometry book, and I'm like, what? Yeah, it's and like, yeah, it's weird. It's very strange character development. And later on, she's like also a mechanic. It's it's weird. I don't know. She knows um, a lot about computers as well. Yes, because you listen. It's two thousand one. The internet is huge right now, as we will, uh, you know, get into. Yeah. Um. So then finally, we also have uh, Peter Wrigley. He's the youngest. Um. And I'm gonna say this right now. I feel like they told him to play younger than he really was. Yeah, I agree with that. How old was he? I want to say he had to be like maybe between eight and ten, but he acts like he's five. Yeah, he does. He even talks like he's five, honestly. He does. He really does. He's all, um, and then, of course, and finally, there's Danny. He's the oldest. He's the teenager. Because you know he's the teenager because he, he has a door with a sign that says, No Sibling Zone. Because, you know, he doesn't want his siblings coming into his room. Because, you know, every teen had that except us because we don't have siblings. <laughs> Right? Seriously? Yeah, we never had our edgy teen phase, really, because we never had siblings to be edgy towards. Yeah. Womp, womp, womp. Yeah, but anyway, um, so, Danny's playing this, I guess, flight simulator video game in his room, on his computer, because it's 2001, what else would you be doing? But, um, Peter comes into his room, and he's all like, Peter, what did I say about coming into my room? And he's like, not to. And he's like, Exactly. And Peter's just like, but Dad wants to know if you're ready to decorate the tree. And he's like, I'll do it Christmas Eve. And Peter's like, it is Christmas Eve. And I'm like, who waits till Christmas Eve to decorate the tree? I had the same thought. I mean, you would just put out all the decorations to literally just take them down like three days later. I don't yeah. get that, but okay. It's weird. Um, so Peter walks off. And Danny's like, Christmas Eve. And then he checks his calendar on his computer, and surprise, it is Christmas Eve. Then he looks into his wallet, and he's got, like, maybe three bucks in there. And is the implication supposed to be that he was supposed to buy his parents a present? I guess. I'm like, dude, how do you not? Like, don't get me wrong. I have definitely waited till the last minute to buy, like, Christmas presents before, but I've been aware of it, <laughs> you know? But also, it's he's he he's got to be younger than sixteen at least because I know sixteen is when you can start legally working. Because like, 
that's just the feel. That's just the feeling I got. But at the same time, it's like, why would you expect like your thirteen, fourteen year old to buy you a present with the no money they have? Yeah, I definitely did not buy my parents stuff at that age. No, because at that age, you just tell one parent what the other one wants, and they go out and get it, and they let you sign the label on it. That's so true. That's so true. Yeah, I know that's what I did. Um, it's just like, um, okay, mom wants this. Dad goes out and gets it, and he's like, all right, sign it. And I'm like, all right. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, apparently he but apparently has no money. So, Kate, what does he decide to do to get money? He, like, lets his little brother come into his room to get, like, quote-unquote Christmas presents and has him give him money. Yeah, because apparently the little brother has money. Somehow. Um, I guess allowance, I guess. Yeah, it's weird. But um, the mom catches it really quickly because she sees um, Peter walking back to his room with all a bunch of stuff, and she sees uh, Danny with money in his hand, and she's like, what did you do? Where'd you get that? And they basically learn that they say that he shook down his little brother, but technically that's not what he did. Because shaking someone down for money is just stealing their money. Technically, I mean, what he did was a. I was going to say, he technically did sell him stuff, even if it was probably overpriced. Yeah, I mean, technically speaking, that's a legal trade of goods and services, so. I don't know, but the, 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 this leads to the, his parents yelling at him, and they're acting like he's, like, so out of control. He's, like, a loose cannon. And he's like, you're just like your Uncle Nick. And we learn Danny actually really likes Uncle Nick. He says he's super cool and stuff. Um, but they're like, Mom and Dad are like, no, you don't want him to be like Uncle Nick. He's a, he's a scammer, you know? And But Danny doesn't care. He thinks Uncle Nick's the coolest. So they yell at him. It's whatever. And then... Uh, Danny goes back up to his room, and Peter's just like, well, you can shake me down whenever you want. I like it. And he's like, just don't say that in front of anyone ever. And then, yeah. And then Danny's basically, like, longing, longingly looking at a photo of himself and Uncle Nick, and they're, like, at a beach wearing matching Hawaiian shirts, and it's just, like, this is a weird beat. But then they cut to Uncle Nick's present situation. And because... Danny says Uncle Nick's probably closing a big business deal right now and like making them beg for mercy. And so, Kate, what's Uncle Nick currently up to? He has been, I don't know if I wanted to say kidnapped, kind maybe kidnapped, I kind of, um, by some people that he, uh, can I say screwed over on the podcast? Like, I think so, yeah. But yeah, he some some shady business stuff that he uh, was doing came back to bite him in the booty. Yeah, I, I pretty much I, I basically said Uncle Nick's basically the origin of like that email that's like I'm a Saudi Arabian prince or something in need of like five hundred dollars, please send. Oh my gosh, <laughs> seriously? Yeah, I actually. And, like, those kind of scam calls things still exist today. I just, I know the other, like, the other um, month I got a call, and they're like, is this uh, Jacob? And I'm like, yeah. And it's like, um, so just so you know, there's, like, a warrant for your arrest in, like, Texas or something. And I'm like, what? I've never been to Texas. That's and so just, weird. No, yeah, I'm not. it's just, 
calls too on like my car's extended warranty and I'm like my car's under my dad's name so mm, no <laughs> <laughs> yeah no but anyway so that's basically how um Uncle Nick gets his money he's he's a scammer he's a con artist and apparently these two guys lost thirty thousand dollars because of him and I'm like why why did you give anyone that much money yeah I don't know what they were thinking but they but they, anyway. They lost it and they're angry. Yeah, they're angry. And he's like, but also the two guys aren't that like physically threatening. They're honestly kind of just like stereotypical nerdy looking dudes. And even Uncle Nick points it out. I was like, you're not going to hurt me. And they're like, no, we're not. But Elliot will. And Kate, who's Elliot? Elliot's like this buff dude that just kind of comes into the picture as these two stereotypically nerdy guys is muscle i guess like he's just there to beat people up specifically it's like it's like where did they find him and like how were they hiring him yeah i i would love to know but you know they never tell us um but yeah so basically they threatened to not only beat uh, Nick up, but they also uh, threatened to pour, like, cocoa on his laptop, and he's like, no, don't! That's got all my stuff on it, and they're like, okay, we'll give you a, a proposition. Um, you get back all of our money by Christmas Day, and if you do, we'll just call this even and leave, but if you don't, we're gonna come after you and do something. I don't know. Yeah, so he, um, tries to escape. Yeah, he tries to leave. Yeah, which he tries to leave whatever city they are currently in. I don't know. They never tell us. Um, So he's running, but like Elliot's after him. So he ducks into a corner into like a public bathroom and he realizes that there's a person in there that's currently getting dressed up to be a Santa Claus for like kids you know you know like at the mall and everything you know they have take a picture with santa it's one of those guys so he gets the brilliant idea to steal this man's clothes leave him in a bathroom stall just as he is and use that as a disguise to uh, get out of town yeah so he does that and where does he show up jake he goes well because he sees a uh, an ad on the bus he's about to get on that says there's no place like home for the holidays so he's like home so we cut back to um, the Wrigley house and you know it's um, dad's reading close the night before Christmas for everyone on the couch and all of a sudden they hear a knock at the door and then mom and dad go to open the door and Santa Claus is there what <laughs> yes good old Saint Nick Yes, because they quickly um, deduce that it is Uncle Nick, and Dad is not very happy about this. We learn very quickly that um, it's Dad's brother, and we learn very quickly they do not have a good relationship. Not at all. So he, um, the dad, I guess for good reason, but he does not trust Nick as far as he can throw him. But shortly after Nick gets there, the dad gets a page on his pager because, you know, this was back in the days of pager. And it was uh, from the hospital that he worked at because apparently he's a doctor. And so he had to go into the to the hospital 
And it turns out the mom's a doctor, too. And so she has to go into the hospital. Which, honestly, this part was relatively realistic. As so, I, This part did make me chuckle because uh, my dad was a doctor. And I do re- remember the age of him having a pager. And the fact both of my parents worked in the medical field. Um, I should say my, mo- my mom's about to start her retirement job. So she kind of still does. But and anyway... Um, you, you do work, uh, on like weekends and holidays and just, you know, cause people get hurt all the time. So that did make me chuckle, but anyway. Yeah. But also Kate, why do they get called into the hospital? What's going on? I can't remember, but it was something really wacky. They said it's the outbreak of reindeer flu. Oh yeah. Oh, that makes sense but i'm also just sitting here like wait what is that <laughs> what is reindeer flu i know swine flu and bird flu but i never heard of that i think it reindeer- might have just been made up for this movie yeah i think it was just made up for the movie but I'm like it, it makes is sense this, later is, on it, it was like is this proto-covid <laughs> oh my gosh they were seeing the future <laughs> they saw the future um they had a that so raven moment <laughs> oh my gosh Dude, life before March 2020, I would have never expected what accurulated. Yeah, no, literally. It's like, we were all just living our lives, and then, oh, everything is different. Yeah. So anyway, Mm -hmm. moving forward. Anyway, mom and dad had to go to the hospital, because they're both doctors. And they're like, well, we can't leave the kids alone. And mom's like, well, they're not alone. Nick is here. And dad's like, oh, I don't know about that. I don't trust my brother with my children. But mom's like, well, we have no other option, so we're just going to have to do it. So basically, to combat them staying home with Uncle Nick, dad tells everyone to go to bed, even though it's only like 9 o'clock at night. Yep. So, um, they're not particularly, I mean, um, oh god, why am I blanking on the main character's name? Because Peter's a little kid. Yeah, Peter's a little kid. It's Danny. Danny, thank you. I don't know why I just had a blank there. But he is not happy about this. He's like, are you kidding me? It's like not even nine. And like, I just want to chat with Uncle Nick. And the dad's like, you can chat with Uncle Nick later. Yeah, because it's clear that he's very much noticed that Uncle Nick is a very big influence on, uh, I just said it, isn't it Danny? Danny, yeah. He doesn't like that. They don't say his name all that much. Not really. But, like, Danny and Nick are even planning on going on a vacation together once uh, Danny graduates high school. And Dad's all, like, not about that. So he's just like, no, go to bed, go to your room, turn the lights off, whatever. And so they leave. And basically, um, we then cut to um, later. um, Nick is on his laptop. He's trying to get a loan at this really fake-looking website. Yeah, which, again, 2001. Yeah. But then, all of a sudden, he basically gets, like, a forced Skype call from the two goons. And apparently, they have placed a tracking virus on his computer. I don't know. Disney Channel still doesn't know how computer viruses work. We learned that in Xenon. Yeah. Um, So, they're like, we know where you are now. We're going to come do something. I don't know. And he's like, not if I do this. And apparently, he has his own virus set up on his computer but like all he does is like drag and drop it onto like the Skype screen but apparently that's enough to actually affect the computer 
and every computer in a 50 mile radius, apparently. Yeah. So, that does not go well for him. No, but it does. He's like, okay, that buy, bought me some time. Now I have to figure out what I gotta do. But, right. then, we cut up into the sky. Kate, what's in the sky? Is it the sleigh? It is the sleigh with Santa. Sleigh. Yeah, um, apparently, Santa was right above the Wrigley house when this virus was deployed, and He's currently using a computer on his sleigh, and because of that, he immediately just goes right down onto the roof. Yeah, and so Nick hears this noise, and he's like, what's that? And then Danny gets up, and he thinks it's Nick, and Nick thinks it's Danny, but all of a sudden, it turns out that it's Santa. So Santa comes into the house through, like, the chimney, but he, like, evaporates into like particles or something it's really strange yeah it's strange but also um time has basically stopped because um caitlin said there's no scientific way for santa to be a thing because there's no way he could make it around the world in one night but apparently yes there is because santa just freezes time yes so he, he comes in and he's like he somebody like calls him or he calls somebody and he's like next time we gotta get like the reindeer vaccinated because apparently the reason that he's using this computerized system is because the reindeer had the flu whoops um but yeah so he says well while i'm here might as well deliver these presents and we see he reaches into his um bag of presents and we see they're all tiny because apparently Santa's device that freezes time and allows him to evaporate also is a shrink and grow ray. Yes, because it can do literally pretty much everything. Like, dang, Santa always has some weird high-tech gadget. First the weather machine, now this magic ball. <laughs> yeah, seriously, though. Um, so he makes um, presents grow and he's going through the kids. So he's like, Peter, nice. Caitlin, nice. And I wrote... Wait, she's still on the nice list, even though she doesn't believe in you? Yeah, I don't... How how do they do these judgings? Is it, like, an objective metric or something? Like, I need to know. Well, apparently, by the end of this movie, Santa says he's gotta, he's gonna rework the whole system, but we'll get to that. Um, But then he's like, and Danny, naughty list again. And so he just starts putting presents down but then he drops his magic ball and time unfreezes and nick and danny see santa and santa's like uh you're dreaming and then he tries to distract them and it kind of works but then as he's making a run for the chimney he just like knocks himself out against the mantle yep so now yep so now we are kind of the santa claus now because Danny and Nick are trying to figure out what they're supposed to do with this unconscious man. And um, they get a hold of the magic ball, and I think Danny accidentally shrinks Nick for a minute, then regrows him. And then Nick takes a look at it, and he freezes time. And while time is frozen, he um, evaporates back up to the sleigh, and he sees what it's capable of, and he gets an idea. Not a great idea, but an idea. <laughs> Yeah, he gets he gets an idea that he thinks is great that is very unethical. Very, but as we've learned, Uncle Nick has some very skewed morals. 
Yes. Uh, he evaporates back down, unfreezes uh, Dan- Danny, and goes, okay, here's the plan. We're going to be Santa Claus because you play all the flight simulator games on your computer or whatever, so you can fly this thing, and I'll deliver presents. But what he's really going to do is he's going to, he's kind of basically going to be the Grinch. <laughs> yeah. He's he going to steal things. Stuff. Yeah. So um, Danny agrees because Danny's actually doing this out of the goodness in his heart. He thinks he's actually doing a good thing of like saving Christmas. Meanwhile, you know, Nick's just in it for himself. But they they go off, but they're like, wait, what about Caitlin and what's the little one's name again? Peter. Peter? What about Caitlin and Peter? Yeah. And uh, they're just and Nick's just like, well, Santa's here. I mean, he's unconscious, but he's here. So they just leave Santa unconscious on the floor and leave. So they um they get going. But then yeah, Peter, much. Find, Peter finds Santa shortly thereafter though. So that one's fun. Yeah, um, but yeah, so now Danny and Nick are off to save Christmas, quote unquote. And um uh, uh Nick decides let's start at the rich side of town so we can get rid of you know. Uh, rich kids always get a lot of presents. So they go. We basically get a montage of like um, Danny landing them on a house and Nick going in and delivering presents when in reality he's just like shrinking expensive things and swiping them and putting them in his pocket. But you know, Danny doesn't know because Danny's always up on the roof. But at one point, Danny notices that the sleigh has the entire naughty nice list database in it and he learns he's on the naughty list. And it's just because he he shakes down his little brother and he's always scheming. And I'm like, what? They're scamming? And I'm like, what? Yeah. It's it's weird. I Yeah, I had the same, same what? We also learned that apparently if someone's on the naughty list in this universe, they don't, they still get a present, but it's not what they want. It's just like a really crappy present, like... There's this girl who was, like, on the naughty list, and she wanted a pony, but instead she's getting an ant farm. Yeah, so they're like, this person has been naughty, like, four or five times this year, or whatever it was. So this is what they get. So apparently what you get is in, like, relation to how many times you've been classified as naughty. I don't know. It's a weird metric to judge by, and it even gets Nick to be like, so who who is this Santa guy anyway deciding who's been naughty, who's been nice, you know? Now that we're in control, you know, let's shake things up. And Danny's kind of for, for it because it's like, yeah, it's like it seems a little arbitrary to be like, well, you were naughty like three times, so you're going to get this instead of this. So they kind of – he kind of gets Danny to go along with it. Meanwhile, back at the house, um, yeah, uh, Caitlin and Peter find Santa – on the floor, and this is when we get the opening scene of him tied up with tape over his mouth. So they're like, who are you? And Santa's like, I'm Santa. And they're like, yeah, right. And Santa does the thing he did in the Ultimate Christmas Present, where he's like, well, Caitlin, I know about that test you cheated on in third grade. And she's like, oh, you are Santa. So she's like, okay, we can help this guy. And so they go to the computer and Santa reveals that he's like he can't he accidentally deleted um the thing that would make it better or something like that. And so um, yeah. Oh go on, sorry. 
Uh, yeah, basically, he explains that, like, there's got to be a computer in here that made the virus that made everything happen. And Caitlin's like, yeah, probably Uncle Nick's laptop. So they look at the laptop. But Tanta says he already moved the virus into the trash. And apparently, on a 2001 laptop, you can't look in the trash because Caitlin says, well, it's gone forever now. Now, if you want to get your sleigh back, we got to go to the computer store because they have the most high-tech upgraded computer in 2001, like the Lumax, whatever. They have to go to the computer store. But, you know, uh, Caitlin and Peter are children. They can't drive. So they ask Santa, can you drive? He's like, yes, where's your sleigh parked? And they're like, oh, no. So they start to make it there, but then what happens? Uh, Santa drives a car for the first time ever, apparently. And they end up in, like, an alleyway? Because apparently there's supposed to be a shortcut or something. And there's these guys, like, spray-painting a wall. That's how you know they're not good kids, because they're spray-painting a wall at night. Ooh. Right. Ooh. And, And... um, they like approach the car, and the, something Santa does, or the way he looks, or something just like aggravates like the leader of the group, and they start shaking the car, and it's weird. Then Santa gets out of the car, and he's like, "Hold on, I know how to deal with these guys." And for a second, I thought we were gonna watch Santa like throw down. I thought he was gonna like fight them. There no, was def- I was gonna say. There's definitely, like, some Matrix vibe, Matrix vibes, too, pardon, because he, like, does, like, a backflip and is all, yeah, but, but what does he end up doing, Jake? He, um, he doesn't fight them physically, he tickles them. That's a reoccurring thing Santa does in this movie. He tickles people. Yeah. That's it's almost like his superpower is a super tickler. Although it doesn't work with everyone, as we'll see later. But it definitely works with the leader of this. Um, I don't know if I should say gang, but this group of this group, yeah. Apparently, to the point where he's like, actually, you know what? You're pretty cool, man. Can we help you out in any way, shape, or form? And they're like, yeah, we're trying to get the computer store. Can you like guide us there? And they do. And we cut to the computer store. The computer store that's still open at like. 10 o'clock at night on Christmas Eve. Yes. So that's, uh, I mean, yeah, American consumerism, is it realistic? It could be, but you probably not. Yeah. So they go in, and at first, they have this weird beat where, like, the manager thinks Santa's an employee that was supposed to be there, like, eight hours ago. It's weird. It doesn't go anywhere. Um, but then they go to check out the Lumax, whatever. And 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 what Caitlin does is she, like, hooks up several of them together to, like, because she's going to, like, hack the Slate system because she can do that, I guess. But in order to distract the employee, she has Peter basically go out and threaten to pee on stuff. Yeah. So... That creates a diversion, successfully, I guess. Yeah, so she can use the computer to hack. Meanwhile, we see um, Danny and Nick are at this one kid's house, and Nick's like, well, apparently he's on the naughty list because he's been getting into fights at school, so I decided for a present I'm going to give him a punching bag to try and help him get some of that anger out. And Nick even goes, that's like a really smart idea, because I think this is the first time we're supposed to really show that like Danny isn't fully, like, a mini clone of Nick yet. Like, he still has goodness in him. 
Um, so that's our little first cue. Um, meanwhile, Nick is still just going around to these fancy houses and stealing things. So then, Although he does go into this, like, tangent about how, like, if if uh, Danny was the one choosing the gifts, he might have ended up better because he wanted this guitar that was, like, signed by some rock star that I can't remember who. Yeah, he's uh, like, when I was a kid, I, I wanted nothing more than this, like, specific, I think it was Jimi Hendrix signed guitar from this one music shop, but every year I never got it. Meanwhile, my brother got everything he always asked for. So he basically, um, have you ever seen um, the Adam Family movie? Like the live action one from like the 90s? I don't think I have actually. Oh, okay. Um, then you probably also haven't seen the, the sequel, the Adam Make Family the Values. Anyway, though. Yeah, the reference is like in Adam's Family, like the, the bad, the bad, guys she's like um she's giving her whole monologue to the adams family at the end she's like i remember i wanted oh what was it like princess barbie or something but you know what i got malibu barbie and it's like that's why she's evil so it's like you're basically a bad person because you didn't get mal because you got malibu barbie instead of what you wanted that's funny yeah, yeah that's kind of the vibe which is like so weird it's like why would you plant everything on that like, you didn't get this one thing you wanted for Christmas, so now you're, like, scamming people. I don't know. I mean, granted, I think it was also supposed to show that he was, like, he felt like he was lesser and, like, not the favorite child. But, yeah, still. Yeah, it's weird. But anyway, um, we get that little backstory. Um, so he goes back up, because, um, yeah, because Danny says that whole thing about, you know, I'm going to try and give gifts to these kids that will help them. So then... Um, Nick gets the idea, we should go to the something mansion, and Danny's like, but there's no kids there, it'd just be like a holiday party full of grown-ups. And to get Danny on board, Nick says, okay, hear me out, hear me out. Um, because uh, Danny actually wants to go to the homeless shelter and give them presents, but obviously Nick doesn't want to because there's nothing to steal there. So to get Danny on board with this, he's like, what if we do this? What if we steal the party dinner and give it to the homeless shelter and steal, like, the, take the, like, soup they'd just be serving at the homeless shelter and give it to the rich people, you know, Robin Hood kind of. And Danny agrees because Danny's an impressionable child still, very gullible. Um, so they decide to go do that. But on their way to doing that, that's when Caitlin finally hacks into the sleigh and she almost, almost gets them back to the house. But she doesn't. Because Danny knows how computer works. Just turn it off and back on again. Right. So he's able works. to circumvent it, and they go to the rich people's party. Yeah, and this is um, when Caitlin is like, well, great, I, I can't do anything now. They know how to unhack the system. So I guess this is at this point her, Santa, and the little brother decide to just go home because they have no other options. They go home. Meanwhile, at the mansion, uh, Danny is currently swapping out the dinners. Meanwhile, you know, uh, Nick's having the time of his life stealing all this fancy jewelry and stuff. And at one point, he, like, moves a pouring bottle of champagne to where it's going to, like, splash onto this old rich lady. And then he sees this, I guess she's, like, a debutante or whatever. She's, like, the, the lady of the mansion or whatever. And she, she sees she's wearing the diamond ring. And he's like, oh, my gosh, the diamond ring. So he just slips it right off her finger. But then he, like, makes her in her frozen state give him a cheek kiss and it's like okay mm, all right 
yeah. So that felt creepy. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I feel like they're trying, they really tried to play off the fact that, like, he, Nick's kind of also a creep because way back at the beginning when he first arrived at the house, um, he makes like a comment about how hot the mom is. And it's like, uh, okay. And then he does another weird comment where he's like, he's like, he sees the niece and he's like, well, who's this stup- like runway supermodel? And I'm like, that's a child. Yeah. I mean, I. I understand that. I feel like now we're getting away from valuing girls, at least like outwardly saying, you know, you're so pretty. This is why you're valued. But that was still very much a thing in the early 2000s. Granted, the way he presents himself to. Yeah, very weird. Anyway, moving along. Anyway, as Nick's admiring this diamond, because he just put it right on his hand instead of putting it in his pocket like everything else. Danny catches him. And Danny finally realizes he's been scammed. And he calls him out, too, like, just straight away. He's like, I knew there was something under up with your big puffy shirt. And he's like, oh, there's nothing under here. But Danny has the button, and he's able to uninflate Nick or something somehow. And all the stuff, like, falls out of his coat. And it includes a car, He's got, like, a car, he's got furniture, he's got, like, a grand piano. It's like, this dude's been stealing everything. And Danny's like, I can't believe it. You scammed me. And at first, Nick's like, no, 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 you see, I'm just, I'm taking things for a charity auction. And Danny rightfully goes like, I'm not dumb. You can't, you don't have to lie to me. I know you're just stealing things. And Nick is just like, look, I'm I'm sorry, but you know, this I'm in some trouble. I really need to do this. And Danny's just like, I can't believe you. And he's like, you know what? We're we're done. You know, he he breaks up with his uncle. You know, the thing we all have been through. Yes. So he breaks up with his uncle, and he's like, I'm going back. Try to actually help Santa. And um, Nick's like, Yeah, not coming with you. But maybe we'll hook up sometime. Like it's all good. Like, he doesn't fully understand that he's basically, like, lost the one member of his family's trust he still had. Yeah. So. So. uh, So, Danny is going to be, like, he's like, all right, well, I'm going to bring the sleigh home. Are you coming with? And Nick's like, nah. And he's like, okay, fine. And as he's leaving, Nick swipes the magic ball that freezes time, shrinks people, um, particle affects you. And he just gets out of the sleigh, so Danny just flies off. Meanwhile, back at home, Santa, Caitlin, and Peter are just sad. They're eating milk and cookies. They're like, well, now what? Christmas is brewing, because I'm sure it's already, like, midnight at this point. And, like, Santa has not, has only done so little of his route. And Santa kind of just goes into this whole little depressive episode. He's like, maybe this will teach people to be less selfish if there's just no Santa this year. Maybe I should just take a few years off. <laughs> and even goes, maybe I should just go down to Florida and enjoy the beach. And they're like, no, you can't do that. And Danny, at this point, Danny gets there and he's like, also like, yeah, you can't do that. You're Santa. But Santa doesn't want to hear anything from Danny right now. He's like, you and your uncle Nick, who by the way, Nick's apparently on the naughty list for life because of how he acts. He's like, you two have gone and ruined Christmas. There's not going to be Christmas this year. So, like, you know, feel bad about that. And Danny's like, dang, I do feel bad about this. So there's got to be something we can do. Um, 
But because he basically crash-landed the sleigh, the computer's hard drive is all busted. Uh, Caitlin can't fix it, so she's like, the best I can do is hoping uh, we gotta wait for the computer store to reopen on the 26th. And Santa's like, great. Great job, Danny. You really did it now. You're just like your Uncle Nick. You're gonna be on the naughty list for life. Meanwhile, Nick is at a bus stop outside of a church, because we hear a church choir at, like, I guess it's, like, midnight mass, maybe? Yeah, probably. Yeah. I know, that's a thing. I've never been to it. Two years when I was a little, little kid after that, because it was really my grandpa that we went with, but um, after he passed, it wasn't, we didn't really go anymore. Right. I, my, I mean, we haven't gone the past two years, um, but we never went to midnight services. We went to, like, late afternoon or evening services but like 7 p.m at the latest yeah i don't know we just church hasn't been a big thing for us but anyway we went um he's waiting outside at this bus stop and all of a sudden (laughs) the two goons and elliot who have not been in this movie for like a good hour finally reappear and they're like hey you where's like 300 chestnut road we're looking for someone and um he looks up for like a quick second and sees it's a goon so he hides back in the santa disguise and he's just like, uh, and he pretends to be like a homeless man, I guess. So they just drive off. And the bus appears, and he's about to get on it, but then he realizes, wait, 300 chestnut. Oh, no, the kids are there. So we get this dramatic moment of, like, is he going to get on the bus, or is he going to go save his family? So then, of course, we immediately come back to the house. <laughs> and so the the they pull up, and they're like, the two nerdy guys get out, and Elliot. And they're like, we know that Nick is here. And uh, Danny's like, well, he was here. He's our uncle, but he's not anymore. And they're like, well, if we have to tear the this house piece by piece, we will. And Santa's like, uh, you know, I don't think that's going to do you any good because he's not here. And then so Santa goes up and tries to tickle Elliot, but it doesn't work. No, because I guess he's just not ticklish, but also, once again, it's just so weird that this is, like, Santa's only line of, like, defense. Yes, it's like, that. yep, that's it. So... Then, when that doesn't work, he just goes, well, guess you guys are screwed, and he just goes and, like... Pretty much. Them. But then, who appears behind the goons? And it is Nick. He came back. Ooh. And he's like, and so... so- He's like, they're like, so do you have our money? And he's like, well, I got stuff that would probably add up to that much, but I'm not going to give it to you. Yeah, and he's like, they're like, oh, what the heck, Nick? He's like, it's not worth it to steal. And so then, after that, Elliot goes to, like, beat Nick up, I guess, but Nick still has the little magic ball, and so he shrinks Elliot. Yeah, so that immediately cuts to, like, the image of the two goons and Elliot, who's, our, who's now normal-sized again, driving away into the night, because I guess they don't want to mess with a guy who has a shrink ray. I mean, I, I, get, they, I guess that's some solid logic. You don't want to mess with a guy who's got, like, a magic ball. <laughs> yeah. So they're gone. Um, I assume they don't care about their $300,000 anymore. Uh, Uncle Nick is safe. Um, he's reunited with the family, and they're like, we are together again. Even though Danny's like, you still scammed me. And it's, um, I'm sure it's implied that like they're going to have to work on their relationship now. But um, Santa even says, good job, Nick. You know, this is 
the first first step on your long road to rehabilitation. Because, like, no, you're not automatically going on the nice list. You got to work for that still. Yes. So, <laughs> then, oh, go on. No, sorry, I was just swallowed. <laughs> oh, no, you're good. Then we, does Santa, I can't even remember, does Santa leave? Did we just cut to morning? Um, what happens is they're like, well, this is great. But Caitlin's like, but we still have no way to fix the sleigh. The hard drive's busted. Oh, yeah, that's right. Peter's like, well, what if we hook up one of our computers? And it's like, well, there's no extension cord long enough to go into the sky. And they're like, but a really strong laptop could work. Uh, so then we take the laptop. Nick has to give up Lappy. <laughs> Rest in peace, Lappy. Although Lappy's still doing good service for Santa. Yeah, so they, I guess, just plug the, the laptop into, like, something somewhere on the sleigh. And it's up and running again. And Santa's like, well, I got a lot to catch up on if Christmas is still going to happen this year. Because it's probably, like, 2 a.m. at this point, let's be real. Yeah. That's not to even accounting for time zones and stuff. Yeah, so then Santa is off. And then it cuts to morning. Sorry, yeah. I don't. Not quite yet. Santa... But um, he's about to be off, but he says, I'm also going to handle returning all the things Nick stole. Um, of course, oh, unless yeah. he wants to come with me. But the kids are like, no, he has to stay here. He's watching us tonight. And Santa's like, all right. And then he leaves. And then we, um, yes. then we cut to, like, early, early morning. Um, the parents finally come back home because, you know, it's the classic, this crazy thing happens. And mom and dad never find out because everything's back to normal by the time they get back. Right. Nick's sleeping on the couch. I don't think he has any pillows. I think he just has, like, a really, like, dull blanket or something. I don't know. But they see, like, nothing's bad's happened that they know of. Nothing's, like, on fire or anything. And they're like, see? Mom's like, see, I told you we could trust Nick. And Dad, like, suddenly has a good opinion of his brother again. He's like, well, I guess I got my Christmas present after all. And then puts, like, a blanket over a Nick, and he goes upstairs. And Nick wakes up for a hot minute, and he just, like, smiles because he, like, finally has a, a good relationship with his brother, I guess. So then cut to Christmas morning. Um, everyone comes downstairs to check out their presents. Nick watches everyone because he assumes he's not getting anything, especially after what he pulled last night. And everyone's opening their presents, but then Peter goes, Uncle Nick, there is a present for you. He's like, oh, we'll give it here. And he's like, well, it's kind of heavy. And he pulls out the guitar that Nick always wanted. And so Nick's very, very thrilled about that. But he realizes but I can't keep this. I'm going to have to sell it to pay off some of my debts because I'm sure he owes some other people money still. Yeah. So he's like, well, I'll have to return it. But everyone's like, well, nothing's open today, so you can still play it today. So the movie ends with Uncle Nick shredding on the guitar, the family's together, and Danny narrates one last time, "'Twas the day of Christmas. This was our story. There's nothing more important than family at the holidays." even though it's, like, I guess also, like, Naughty and Nice isn't, like, a black-and-white thing, but whatever. This movie had, like, tried to have way too many morals. Yeah, so that is Twas the Night. That it is. So, Kate, what's your final thoughts on your ranking of this film? I thought it was good. It is a little bit weird, but I, I thought it had some laughable moments, which I enjoyed. Um, yeah, it could have been better, but... Again, laughable moments. For that, I'll give it a solid 7.4. How about you, Jake? Um, I don't know. This one was, like, a little weird to me, like I said. It was, like, 
like the fact that we technically had like dual protagonists and like I I'm sure this was intentional, but Nick was probably not supposed to be a likable protagonist. But by the end you see he's gonna like probably get redemption eventually. I don't know. This one was interesting. I'll probably just give it like it wasn't the worst thing I've ever watched, but it wasn't the best thing. I think I'll give it a straight I'll give it a seven. There we go. So that was Twas the Night. What are we going to watch next, though? All right. So, Kate, we are officially done with 2001. Woo! So going forward, um, there's no more years with uh, DCOM every month, thank God. <laughs> Oof. Um, we'll be able to get through these a quick bit quicker. But next uh, episode, we will be watching the very first DCOM from 2002, Double Teamed, which I believe is a sports movie. Yes, it is. I've heard of it, but I, I don't, I don't know if I ever saw it. Uh, yeah, it looks to be. It looks like I think it's like I think it's another true story. It's about um, two um sisters who are like basketball players. Um, so it'll be interesting to see that because we've had a couple true story decoms before. But yeah, so we'll be watching Double Teamed. Okay, we've reached the end of our episode. Where can our lovely listeners find you on social media? Our, our listeners can find me at social media at Kate V Random on Twitter and at Kate V Random on Instagram. Where, th- where can they find you, Jake? Um, our listeners can find me on Twitter at JakeBlue98. They can find me on Instagram at JakeBlue. They can follow the podcast on Twitter at TSOSN Podcast. They can follow us on Instagram at Something New Pod. We also have an email that is start of something new podcast at gmail.com. Go ahead, hit us up there if you want to talk about decoms or Disney in general or anything really. Um, second, secondly, um, if you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, you can leave a rating and review. And if you do that, we'll list, we will read it live on the show. And lastly, this podcast is distributed on Anchor. And Anchor is a podcasting app that allows you to record and distribute podcasts like the very one you're listening to right now. It's crazy. And if you're on Anchor, you can even leave us a voice message. And if you do that, we'll listen to it live on the show as well. But all right, everyone, that'll do it for us this time. So we will see you all next time for Double Teamed. See you then. Bye. Bye.